Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. I'm John Gorman, your host. We've got the birthday boy himself, Jason Theobald in the house. Jason, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty well for, I guess, adding another year to my uh, to my life here. So how old are you? Because here's the thing. I get a lot of people that ask me, who's older, you or Jason? So I'm 43. <laughs> I turned yep. 44 in May. I think you're one year behind me. Is that right? I am. Yeah, I'm 42 today. All right, man. So uh, getting up into your 40s, creating yep. your best physique ever. Do you, do you feel like you're at your all-time best at 42? I am at my best walking around physique. I mean, obviously, I've been peaked better for stage. But as far as walking around, I have pretty much mastered the ability to walk around in a lean condition that I want to walk around in. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. But uh, I feel like I keep getting better. You know what, man? It's it's interesting. You know, you know we're going to talk about this just for a little bit because it's it's interesting. Whenever I was twenty years old and I saw someone in their forties, like I was like they had one foot in the fucking grave. Or, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So like back yep. back in the nineties, you know, whenever we kind of looked up to a lot of people in the industry, Clark Bartram was always a guy that I saw yes. yep. and watched him really age gracefully. The guy yep. is still in phenomenal shape. He's well yes. in his fifties, and with what we know now and what you know, what we're able to also teach people on things like this podcast or conferences, um, man, people really have the ability to become their best in their forties. I, yeah. I think people look and can be their healthiest in their forties because it just takes time to Correct. get all this down. It does. It really does. And you know, I worked with coaches along the line, but I was one of those guys who really just kind of enjoy the experimentation like yourself. So, you know, I, I did my training stint with Meadows and I even had Matt Jansen write things and I did a, you know, prep with you and I did a prep with Shelby. But generally speaking, I kind of just liked fumbling through all my stuff in the off season and chit chatting with other coaches on what types of things to try. But I never really, you know, probably I could have, I, well, I guess what I'm trying to say in a quicker way is I could have got from A to Z probably faster but I enjoy dicking around with it all, which is probably why, you know, I'm a decent coach because I've, I've played with just about every variable, you know? I mean, that's, that's the fun stuff, man. So what, uh, what'd you do for your birthday? Anything fun? Sure. I mean, it was a family weekend. Um, Friday night, uh, we had, uh, Aiden, it's a, it was Aiden's weekend, my 15 year old. So, um, we picked him up about five twenty. We went over to Carabas. I had some close friends meet us. Um, so we just had dinner and then some more close friends came back to the house with the people that were at dinner. And we really just sat around. The kids ran around the house like crazy people and, um, and played with each other because some of the other people had kids. And, um, you know, it was just kind of a chill, no booze, just done by 11. And then Saturday, my mom really wanted to see her grandkids and myself, obviously. So she made healthy, uh, healthy and homemade chicken noodle soup and uh, some brownies. We went over there, did that. Um, and then today was church day. We went to first watch and then I just told the family once we got home, let's just crawl under a blanket cause it's really cold here. Cranked on the fireplace and turned on Harry Potter one. Cause, uh, my six year old was wanting to see it. He's getting that age where he wants to start watching, uh, all of them. So that was it. It was just a very family low key, uh, spent weekend. But, um, the last, my 40th was a blowout. My 41st was a blowout. And so this one was pretty low key and I, and I'm cool with that. Yeah, man, it's it's uh it's pretty cool, you know, especially those of us that have families. What really starts to become important as we get older, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you get older, it's it's you it becomes more about spending it with the people around you and making it special. So that's that's pretty cool. So I do want to jump in. You know, we always start the show off with, "Hey, what's something cool that you've learned this week, or do you have any big news?" Um, I'm going to go ahead and let you continue, and then I'll talk about yeah. mine. There is some stuff that we talked about before we recorded, Jason. You can either talk about that or you just got back from speaking at the Physique Education Collective, Collective yeah. which, you know, pick one of those to talk about. It's totally up to you. If not, we'll talk about the next one on the following sure. episode. No, I'll go ahead and give an update on um, some things going on because you and I had talked about like kind of doing, uh, you know, keeping my prep um, really in the forefront. And um once I got back from physique education collective, um, me and Steph had longer conversations and it was basically, you know, about, I'm going to be traveling a lot this year. Uh, I think I've got six speaking engagements. I haven't even booked any of my shows that I'll be going to other people's, you know, to support 
the national show. So I got a lot of traveling coming along. We got a lot going on with new ethics. I'm always taking on new clients. And long and the short of it is, uh, we all decided as a whole that um, right now, getting on stage and having that focus to hit three, four, five pro shows, just really, it's really not where my focus needs to be. Um, there's only so much energies I can give um, in a day, in a week, in a month. And, um, you know, when you prep, you kind of get in that zone, at least I do. And, and um, I was doing pretty well to balance it and still eat out with the fam and, and, and still progressing. But there's that time where you really got to drop the hammer and, you know, it's just going to be tough. So what I've decided to do is just finish out, go ahead and finish off on the diet. I am getting leaner, kind of doing it my way, still eating out with the family and I no pressure. And I'm going to do a photo shoot um, probably in four to six weeks. And I'll, I'll get to incorporate some new ethics stuff and just stuff like that for marketing for my site and different things like that. But that's probably all this year is going to be. Um, but, you know, I was looking at pictures the other day, not saying that I'm Albert Beckles by any means. The guy was phenomenal, but he won the night of champions at like 52. So, you know, if you continue on this path of eating right, get into the gym, I'm smart. I'm not going to, you know, I can't predict a, a muscle tear, but the way I train and the smarts I use towards it, hopefully I can keep my joints and, and my muscles intact. And uh, who knows, you know, um, I'm not saying that it's a never, it's just not this year. So that's kind of where everything is right now with, uh, with me and competing. So I, I respect the hell out of that. And I really want our, less, our listeners to understand it takes a lot of discipline um, to be able to make that call. And a lot of people, I know you and I help our clients make those calls sometimes. Yeah. Um, I screen people to start. A lot of people come to me and what people don't re people understand that you have a lot going on. I personally really understand what you have going on because we, yeah. we share kind of, we pull back the curtain to see business wise what we both have going on. And sometimes you just can't, you, you can be good at a lot of things, but sometimes right. when you have to be great at one thing like yes. prep, it's yep. really hard because it's not like you can stop with new ethics. You can't stop with your clients. You can't stop with all the other stuff. And I'm on two podcasts now. I didn't even mention that. You know, I just, it's just a lot. And, I, you know, I, and knowing me, um, just being honest, competing wouldn't have been the thing that would take a back burner. You know, I'd get wrapped up into it and uh, I got to win. I got to try to win, you know, and other things would take a back burner. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, I enjoy bodybuilding, man. I'm always going to eat right. And I'm always going to train hard. Cause I just, like, I enjoy that hour and a half of my day. So who knows where it's going to take me? I mean, hopefully I keep getting better. And, uh, one of these days, everything will kind of align and, and I can get back up there. So, well, you, your, your physique just keeps getting better and you never stay too far away. So who knows what'll happen down the road. You're always, you're always eight weeks or less out, honestly, um, probably less than that most of the yep. time. So yep. that's cool. Um, I am going to go ahead and crack this open. It's been a little while. It's not a monster, though. Don't worry. It's just a diet Mountain Dew. A <laughs> uh, little less caffeine there. Yeah, like 100 milligrams less. So um, mm. I am drinking. This is my After this, I'm going to go train at the gym. So this is my pre-workout, my 50 milligrams of caffeine. Uh, uh, it's nice when you're not having a ton of caffeine. 50 will actually go quite a ways. 100%. Know? That's all that's yeah. in my pre-workout that I use. Yeah, so we're, we're actually going to talk about that on a future episode, but I do want to let people know, and then we'll get to our topic of nutrient timing, pre-intra and post-workout protocols. But Jason, I've had so many people that I've helped with cholesterol over the last three months since I got yeah. back from yeah. the conference. Man, finally, finally, I got my fucking numbers down. Finally. Nice. So check, yeah, check, check this comparison out, and then I'll just give a real quick synopsis of, of why it worked. Um, so... The last test that I had done, my trigs, my triglycerides were mm -hmm. 173, which is really mm -hmm. high. Now, That's not good. No, now they're down at 90. Nice. Um, much better. My, my HDL was low. It was 41. Now it's up into the low 50s, which is a lot. Nice. Um, yeah. My LDL was 240, and Ooh. that was on a higher fat diet. And the uh -huh. breakdown of the LDL, which a lot of people don't realize, you have to get the breakdown um, of the small particles and things of that nature. And those, that breakdown was bad, but it was 240 total. Now it's down to 147. So about a hundred points. Wow. Lower. I couldn't get the exact breakdown because the VA that I go to doesn't do that. So I'm going to go to any lab test now myself here in about another three weeks and just finish this eight week plan up to get the breakdown. But you know, it's a hundred points lower. So regardless, that's still a move in the right direction. Oh, and yeah. 
dude, I've had so many people reach out. They're like, I'm just like you, like everything I've tried to do, it doesn't work. So here for those listening that need this and that you need to understand how to lower your cholesterol. I've tried everything possible. A modified Mediterranean diet is what worked for me. I'm on HRT so I can go lower fat. So I had like 40 to 50 fats a day. Yep. So, so that was key. My fats had to be low. And Jason, you yep. kind of clued me into this because you're kind of the same way. Yes. I had to have a lower fat diet, but I'm also not a big carb guy. But if I wanted to have a hundred carbs a day or 200, it didn't really seem to matter. I just kind of went, went off a of field yep. and then a higher protein diet of 250 to 300 grams a day. So I could round out my calories. And the main supplementation that I had was a, a, um, niacin and it's not just any niacin it's nicotinic acid mm-hmm. I added that and garlic really for the most part and you know some phytosterols and eating things like spinach and blueberries and strawberries and just over time of working out doing cardio every day it took me about four weeks and I got my first test done through the VA and all those numbers were lower and I thought I've only been doing this for four weeks let me right. give this another four weeks stay pretty strict on it and go get everything measured now I do have a free meal once a week. I eat whatever I want. I just try and keep the fats low if I can. I might do some homemade pizza. But once in a while, like I had Chinese this last weekend, I'm like, you know what? It's okay. One meal out of all those meals every single week. Like, yeah, I've got to be be a normal human. Yes. Not a machine. So um, just to kind of give everybody a heads up, there is a way that you can work with this. If you have issues with your cholesterol, I'm by no means a doctor, but I've tried it all and I've found what works for me. And I went through that ex- that extensive training, and I really am starting to understand this. Um, we'll get somebody on, and we'll do a, a complete episode on it, Jason, yep. where people can understand cholesterol and calcium scans and all that stuff. So, anyway, that's uh, that's it's awesome, huge, though. Yep. Yeah, man, yep. it it feels good. I'm just not so nic- nicotinic acid and garlic were the only subs you had to use. You didn't have to use um, krill oil or anything like that. No, I did add cardotone. You'd mentioned that mm-hmm. on the last podcast or maybe when we were off air. Mm-hmm. I did add that. It's got magnesium. But, you know, I'd, I'd only use that maybe twice before my blood work. But I do have that in daily now. So um, now there is, you know, injectable L-carnitine has been in the mm-hmm. whole time, 600 megs a day. That's, that's yeah. fantastic, especially for lowering trigs. So right. um, there, there is that. So it's been all those things. Yep. Um, but dude, it's a combination. It could, yep. It is inconsistency, a combination yes. of consistency. So, um, all right, man, let's, uh, enough, enough about us and our lives. We'll, we'll pull the curtain <laughs> back down and let's talk about our topic today. And this is one that I'm super, super excited about because not a lot of people talk about nutrient timing. They talk about things like 24 hour nutrition and stuff like that, but we're going to specifically break down pre intra and post workout protocols. Um, let's, let's kind of give a little history because we have to, to get where we are today. We have to, and we've done this on other episodes we have to talk about what we've done in the past and what we've kind of learned from. So when was the first time you started experimenting or using, um, intra work? We're going to start with intra, um, just for a history lesson. Like when did you start drinking carbs intra workout? When did you start having your athletes do it? And what did it look like back when you first started? I first started it in 20. Um, and, um, and I read a lot of it from John Meadows and I believe John got most of his stuff from Milos Sarsev. Um, I think Milos was doing it honestly in the late nineties with, you know, insulin protocols, but, um, so I, it, it goes back fairly long and then I think it kind of just faded away and then John kind of brought it back up and at least that's where I saw it. And so around 2010, I started doing it and, you know, John was big on the highly branched cyclic dextrin. So I just went to those, I believe, and used, and used that. Um, and then I played around with various substances intra workout, um, you know, over the time, um, and kind of gravitated actually towards, uh, Gatorade or Carbolin for me, uh, works the best on my stomach, but we can get more into that. Um, I think that's really going to be like an individual thing than it is like one of these is the best. But um, anyways, that's when I started. I, I don't know. What about yourself? So I, I pretty much, I didn't really see a lot of information out there on it. Um, I did see Scott Stevenson talking about these gigantic intra workout shakes. And if I remember, and this is going back to like maybe 2009, 2010 on, on Skip's mm-hmm. old site, intense mm-hmm. muscle. And 
Yeah, if I remember right, something like two thousand calories intra workout because oh, that's wow. the cool thing about Scott Stevenson, man. Like mm-hmm. he'll he'll try all kinds of stuff. Like mm-hmm. he'll push the boundaries, push all kinds of stuff. So you know, I started to kind of read about that, but I never really thought about it because you know I'm fucking hundred fifty five pounds on stage at that point. Right. I'm like, all right, you know, maybe I should drink thirty carbs intra. We'll start with that. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, but what I did do is, is I started to kind of put it together myself. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to start experimenting with this myself. And then with my clients. So right around the end of 2011, I'll never forget. I just had guys start drinking, um, Gatorade and throwing a couple scoops of BCAs in it. And I'm like, listen, you get about 35 carbs out of a 20 ounce Gatorade, just mix all this up. Or, or, you know, if you want to use the one liter bottle, that's fine. You get even more carbs, but I just wanted to start experimenting with it. And I started with my clients and man, they started to really report some interesting stuff as far as strength, recovery, lack of soreness, all stuff that we're going to get into later. Um, So that's when it all kind of, kind of kicked off for me. And once I saw that and I felt the difference whenever I was training, that's when I really started experiment with pre-workout foods, with intra-workout protocols, with post-workout protocols um, to where it's gotten to the point where I really have a dialed in system now. Um, that leads to less bloat and things like that. Did did you ever try anything wacky back in the day? Like, did you ever try, like, what, what's the weirdest thing you tried or did you just keep it pretty basic? No, I, I, I did keep it fairly basic. I went through, um, H, you know, the highly branched cyclic dextrins. I went through, um, waxy maze. I went through carbolin and I did the Gatorade. Um, so I, I wouldn't say anything crazy, you know, and then if obviously, you know, I mixed in um, different pump products and have kind of settled on certain ones now and we can go over those, but nothing that I would call crazy. I mean, I'm not one of those people that can pound, pound, pound food in a big meal. So it wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm going to try 200 carbs and think I'm going to feel amazing training. You know, I, I knew those types of things just weren't going to work for me. Did you ever try glycerol intra workout? I remember no. back in the day, like Ben Ben Hartman, I think was the guy who was talking about a place you could get it by like the fucking bucket or something. Yeah. And dude, glycerol is is cool and all, but like if you take way too much of it, get ready for stomach upset. It's gonna run mm-hmm. right through you. Yeah. Um, but dude, it was you know that was kind of to me that was kind of a magical time. I was new in the industry. I was starting to learn, and all these guys are throwing out these cool ideas. And it's just kind of the wild west. So it's like everybody's trying stuff. Potato starch, oat starch, like waxy maize. Dude, waxy maize bloated me so fucking bad. Whenever yeah, it wasn't good it, for me either. No, it was so – so that that's what kind of led to me trying all these different things just to help keep bloat down. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a cool little, little sneak peek of, you know, what we used to do. Let's talk about did you – what did you start doing with your clients? Did you just have them do what you were doing and did you – How'd that look? Yeah, mainly. I mean, I always usually dummy stuff on me, you know, um, that's how I always kind of do things you know, from supplementation to training to anything I recommend, I always put myself through it first. And so, um, I wasn't going anything crazy and I still really don't. I mean, I think for women, I was recommending maybe to start at 20 grams just to see how they do 25 carbs and men anywhere from 30 to 40 to start out. Um, and then, like I said, I mix creatine and I mix citrulline, beta alanine. I mean, I've got a mixture of things that I do um, to put into it. EAAs, um, you know, I use our essential energy, so I get my EAAs. And I also get the keto salt, so I don't need all that that caffeine and overstimulation. Um, I get a nice steady burn from the keto salt. So I combine that, citrulline, um, beta alanine, uh, and then the carbs all in a, all in a drink. Um, and then, you know, if people want to get even fancier, there's other stuff you can add, like add that agmatine or glycerol. And there's a bunch of different things you can add. Um, but I started pretty simple with my people. So I, I started I started having people, we'll talk about pre-intra and post. And then, then what we're going to do is we're going to kind of settle this down and we're going to go into a, a pre-workout meal type situation where we're both going to give recommendations. Mm-hmm. Then we'll talk about exactly what, what you guys can do intra-workout that we both found works the best. And then we'll talk about post-workout. But real quick, what I, one thing I used to do is, is I used to, with pre-workout meals, I used to go with like a shake and Pop-Tarts, like right before, like sitting out in the parking lot, go ahead and have a, you know, a Pop-Tart or two Pop-Tarts if you're a large individual, drink a shake and then walk in and immediately two scoops of BCAAs, you know, 30 to 40 
grams of carbs from Gatorade and then post-workout another shake and, you know, one to two pop tarts. And that's, that's kind of what, you know, we kind of became known as were the, the fucking pop tart people. You know what I mean? Back mm-hmm. team Gorman days, like old school. And I th- we even had some shirts that said that shit on it. I mean, it was just fun, man. We're just having fun, not trying to be douchebags or anything, but that's really kind of where we started. And dude, it was a lot of fun because that was kind of taboo shit back in 2011. Uh, most people are like, you know, you can't diet for shows eating pop tarts and, a lot of people were scared to death. They even have intra-workout carbs because of quote unquote sugar. Um, you know, post-workout wasn't, wasn't too taboo. I mean, guys like Skip were talking about cereal and stuff post-workout for a long time. So, yeah. but a lot of that stuff was taboo, but you know, I kind of moved on from there and found a lot better method. Um, so let's, let's start talking about pre-workout meals because a lot of people, they don't understand when to have a pre-workout meal, what, what a good pre-workout meal can consist of. I know a lot of people that will eat chicken and rice literally in the parking lot and they'll go in to train <laughs> and it's still sitting on their stomach. And you know, that was me back in the day. Hell, I didn't know how long it took food to digest. <laughs> um, I, I do want to just talk about the meals that I like to recommend to my clients. And a lot of it depends on when they train, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's middle of the afternoon, um, but if someone can, what I try and set my clients up on now for a pre-workout meal is usually I try and have them have something that's a little bit lower fat so they can get most of their carbs in pre, you know, it, it, better carbs in pre-workout, a little bit lower fat. So it gets into your system and it helps fuel the workout and whey protein. So a lot of the times I'm having someone do a shake, they can do fruit is great pre-workout, or you can have just low fat carbs. Like my number one carb source I can recommend to anyone pre-workout is a potato, whether it's a baked potato, a white potato, a sweet potato, instant potatoes. Hell, Jason, I even have powdered sweet potatoes because I love them. They're in my, they're in my pantry now and I'll have a shake and some kind of a powdered potato literally 30 minutes before I go to the gym. I just kind of have that and I get ready. But the reason why I like a potato so much is one, it's high in vitamin C, but specifically very high in potassium. And when you add something like sea salt to it, then you start to round out that electrolyte profile. And you're talking about getting a great pump in the gym, better contractions, better cell swelling, just better overall workouts. And something like, you know, instant potatoes sits really, really easy on most people's stomach. Um, I know you're big on potatoes and, and, and I know you don't necessarily do that pre-workout, but that's mm-hmm. my pre-workout meal of choice yeah. for myself and what I always recommend to clients. What about you? I know you do things a little bit different, but what do you feel about potatoes? Yeah. Uh, well, I've, I've always liked potatoes. Um, and I, it's, it's mainly for the same reason you just said the, the sodium potassium pump, you can really manipulate that um, really well. Cause you know, a white potato is loaded with potassium. I mean, it's, it's an astronomical amount. Uh, if you look at them. Um, so I've always been a fan. Um, but I've found that if I need to get, start getting into like 70 or 80 carbs personally, those will actually sit on me. Um, my best carb pre-workout is going to be Jasmine rice or, or cream of rice. Like I don't, I don't do well with a lot of fiber. Um, and I'm a regular, I mean, I can be on keto and I go every day. So I am just not a person who needs a lot of fiber. The more fiber that I get, uh, the more gassy I am, the more I bloat and the less I can eat the food I need. So I keep uh, fiber out. And so I use cream of rice, uh, rice cakes, or jasmine rice pre with usually our uh, whey, uh, our isoperfect, which is a really pure whey isolate. And then what I do is I add just five grams of MCT uh, to it. Makes my cream of rice a little more, a little more creamy and that's um, a really fast burn carbohydrate. So I'm not worried about it being stored as fat or anything. It's going to help me with, with energy because I'm a low fat dieter, just a low fat, um, eater anyways, um, year round. So I do actually add a little MCT pre-workout to get a little more, a little more energy and a little better pump. So that's generally mine. And when I recommend it to people, that's generally the foods that I say, Hey, try first. Um, I, I usually tell them shy away from oats, anything that's going to be heavy fiber. That's going to be slow to move through. Uh, cause you want to be empty when you get to the gym or at least have that empty feeling where, you know, the food's digested. So I usually tell people about an hour and a half before, um, you know, go ahead and, 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 and hit that meal. And that those meals go through quick. I'll also do egg whites myself cause they, they digest so fast and I'll have people do that as well. Um, if you're going to give yourself two hours, then a meat's fine. Go ahead with your chicken and rice if you want. 
Um, but I find a lot of people that meal still be kind of sitting, you know, if they do it within an hour. So if you only have an hour to get your meal in, I would definitely go with a whey isolate and something low in fiber that's going to just get digested fast and pass through. Yeah, you, you nailed everything else I was going to talk about with with spacing. Like, so if someone does have meat and veggies, two to three hours to me is is kind of that magic point. You know, you mentioned something like oats. So my pre-workout meal is actually in me now. I had some whey protein, um, about 50 carbs from oatmeal, but that's going to be about two hours before I train because it's sitting in me digesting right now as we record this podcast. Right. If I if I have oatmeal and then I go work out 30 minutes later and I'm drinking, yep. you know, intra-workout aminos and carbs, my fucking stomach is blown up. So yep. to me, you're going to get better absorption, better digestion, which is huge when your stomach is actually not holding on to all of that stuff, all the bloat. Um, so to me, to our listeners out there, I think bloat really and how your stomach feels really dictates what foods are going to be best for you. The one universal I can say with pre-workout meals is make sure you have, make sure you have some salt in your system. Yep. I'm not a, I'm not a big salt person. I, I tend to be lower on salt in general, just, just because it just, I don't know. I mean, it's all right, but I don't salt everything like I used to. Oh God, I so, yeah, I know. And, and I need to, it's just working from home. I just don't, the foods I eat don't really require a lot of salt. So I just forget. Um, but intra pre-workout, especially I always make sure to have some kind of salt because that way it's in your system. And I might even do a little bit, a little bit intra. Um, I do want to touch on one more thing pre-workout. So someone's working out early in the morning. Um, and they just don't, they don't stomach food well. I know a lot of people, and we're going to do a Q&A follow-up to this episode. So this is episode six, episode seven. Dude, I've got a massive amount of questions that people send in on social for us. So we, we're going to cover a lot of this in detail. But a lot of people are, are afraid of fruit. Like the bodybuilding community is still afraid of fruit. They think that it's, it's only going to store in the liver. It's going to store as fat if you eat too much, like all these different misconceptions. But one thing I tell people like fruit is very easy on your stomach, depending on like a banana is fine. Um, berries like strawberries and blueberries. I'm a huge fan of They're a little bit expensive, but dude, they digest and they sit on your stomach. Well, I just tell people, you know, have your way have your fruit, you know, six, you know, 30 to 60 minutes before the gym, drive to the gym and then start your intra workout stuff and you're going to feel good. So do you have any issues with fruit there on your end? I mean, if it's someone who's just trying to lose weight, you know, and we're not going for optimal performance, I don't have a problem with fruit, but I am still one of those guys that I feel like I can feel it. Like a cosmetically, I don't get as good of a pump if I'm using fruit pre-workout than as if I have um, rice or any rice blows me the fuck up like fruit it does I, I feel like it does mainly store a lot in the liver I don't feel the cosmetic effects from it so for me if it's someone who is coming to me to be their best on a stage and be judged I'm gonna go more towards probably a powdered carb and get something that's gonna create more of a pump if it's if it's Karen down the road who just wants to look better on the beach and like I'm barely lucky I'm getting her to eat four or five meals a day I have no problem saying, Karen, go ahead and get that way isolate and uh, hit a banana up before training and we're all good. So for me, it has to do with the client and their goals. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely fruit is one of those things. It's almost 50, 50, right? Half of it's going to store yep. mostly in the liver. The rest is going to help with, with glycogen and stuff like right. that and pumps. Um, so it's, it's not going to be the best source, but it's not going to get in the way of fat loss. I guess that's, no, that's kind of what I was talking about. No, no. Um, so, but you're right. It definitely does come back. And the other thing is too, whey and fruit. You're, if if I hadn't mentioned earlier, if somebody tried this, they're going to be low on salt, especially first thing in the 100%. morning. You're yeah. not that hydrated first thing in the morning. So, I mean, not a lot of people are going to fucking pound salt with fruit I, and whey. So I do. Like I literally shotgun salt before every workout. I take a half a teaspoon twice of Himalayan salt, and I do it with my pre workout. So at least it tastes good put a little swig in my mouth, tilt my head forward. The salt kind of goes back to your throat and you swallow it. Yep. Same thing, man. I pour it. Right <laughs> That's what I do. Right so I do shotgun it right to the head. <laughs> I, I, I pour it right in my hand and I throw it up and I look the rest out and, I, and I'm off to the races. So, yep. um, so that does lead into our intra workout talks. Let's, let's talk about, I'm going to go ahead and start mine off. Yours is, yours is a lot more detailed. Well, maybe not, but I don't know exactly what yours looks like. Let me, yep. let me go ahead and start off with mine. So here's what I recommend with my clients. So they've got their pre-workout meal in them. They're ready to head to the gym. 
I tell them in these days, I'm still kind of split. There's still, still so much information coming out on EAAs versus BCAAs. I think they both still have their place. I think they're both important to have intra-workout, especially if you had a meal, you know, an hour or two away from the workout. I think it's a good idea to have some aminos in there. Um, you know, if, if I could lean on anything, I would say have EAAs because it's a complete amino acid profile. So go ahead and have EAAs. Yep. But if you have BCAAs to use up, listen, it's okay. Use those up. And then when it runs out, then I, I recommend switching to EAAs. But I yep. tell people, go ahead and have a scoop of EAAs. You've got your full amino acid profile. You turn protein synthesis on. And yes, I know there are going to be people out there in the scientific community. They're going to say, well, John, when you work out, it actually lowers protein synthesis. Well, it never shuts it completely off. So you're still in that area where you're trying to fight all you can to keep that turned on. It's a great time. Plus your body, your body fights. Um, it burns through amino acids. It burns Correct. through gl glutamine. It burns through all, it attacks those. So to have those in your system is a great thing. So I always to tell spare people, your own. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it's kind of, you know, don't miss the forest for the trees sometimes for some of the researchers out there. Um, and then I tell people, here's, here's my intra workout carb of choice. And I've settled on this. Oh, since like 2013, I'm a big fan of dextrose and I, here's the, the amounts I recommend for guys and girls. You know, it, there's always the outliers. There's always a guy I'll have drinking 70 and a girl I'll have drinking 40 or 50, but they're the freaks. They're the outliers, or I have it just that way for one specific reason because of insulin sensitivity. But for most people, I'll start them off women with 20 intra 15 to 20 intra and guys anywhere from 25 to 30. Usually it's just an average, usually 30 for guys. And dextrose is real easy. Um, you know, a lot of it bypasses digestion. It starts absorbing immediately in your body. So do branch chain aminos, by the way. So you don't have all this stuff going through your digestive system and causing a lot of bloat. However, if you do get dextrose really, really high, like if you're going to drink high amounts, like 70 carbs intra, you have to drink a lot of water with it because that's what causes it to finally get kicked out and into circulation. So I, I, I know a lot of people say, well, dextrose hurts my stomach and they're drinking one of these tiny shaker cups full of dextrose mm. water and aminos might know you've got to pair up dextrose with, with quality amounts of water. So I always yeah. tell people if you're going to have 20 to 30 carbs intra, put it in a shaker. That's fine. Um, I kind of like the one liter bottles, like it, like a Gatorade bottle is perfect. Yeah. Mix it all up in there, but you have to have enough water. If you're a guy, a shaker cup with females. So that's kind of been what I've settled on. Dextrose is very, very cheap. I mean, you can buy dextrose, glucose, any of that stuff online by the pound, and it's super cheap, and it's going to last you forever. It's easy to measure out. It's pretty much one gram on a food scale is one carb. So, like, you can't really fuck that up. And that's, that's just been my go-to of choice. Now, I also like to add things like um, sea salt. I tell, you know, most people put a quarter teaspoon of sea salt in your drink. If you don't really like that salty taste, do what Jason and I just talked about it, shotgun it. Throw it in your mouth, swish some water around. Take a drink and you're off to the races. That's why I do that because I do not want a full uh, tea. You know, I do two half teaspoons. I don't want all that in my shake. It tastes terrible. Yeah, it tastes like you're drinking water from the fucking ocean. I mean, just like you're it gulping it down. So yeah. um, I don't really mind it, but as long as people get it in, and that's kind of what I recommend as far as like creatine and stuff, creatine stored in your body. So when you're having it right then and there, you're using stored up creatine. You're not necessarily using what you're ingesting a hundred percent. There's a lot of give and take there, but for creatine, I just tell people have it sometime around your workout, have it in your post-workout shake or intra workout or your pre-workout shake. It doesn't really matter. And, and the science has kind of proven that the one thing about it though, I think it's cool to have it intra workout because it causes cell swelling. So creatine helps pull everything into the cell. And when you're working out, that's when you want, the biggest pumps possible. That's why I do it. Everything I do is designed for a, a, the, 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 re, the reaction of that cell for swelling. So yeah, mine right. will be a little different. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, and that's, that's why I settle down. You know, if, if it's just, you know, Jane Doe, who's just out there and wanting to build a little bit of muscle and she forgets, like just have it whenever. But if you're a physique athlete, that's, that's where I like to specifically kind of place this stuff. Like I don't even always put, you know, the general nutrition client on this type of protocol, to be honest with you, you know, cause they're so far away from it. 
uh, I try to just get the easy, low hanging fruit type muscle. And then if they're still with me six, seven, eight, nine months later, and they're really getting into this thing, then I'm like, all right, well, here's the next steps. You know, it's a little more diligent. You got to time this shit. You got to do this. You know what I mean? So I don't even really, if you're a noob or, you know, you're, you know, Karen down the road, I don't even go with it right away, to be honest with you. No, the only person I do is if, if they're not going to get on stage, but they have a solid amount of muscle and, mm-hmm. and I've got quite a few clients like this. They said, you know, I don't think I'll ever get on stage, but I want to put more muscle on. Especially, oh yeah. Especially. It has to do with the intensity. I think it's, it's all about the intensity you're training with. I know that, you know, like I said, the general person carrying down the road, going to the beach is not, it's just not training as hard as, as you know, someone who's trying to build a body for the stage. So I look at that because of the output, you know, that they're, they're pushing through their, their workout. To me, it has to match to earn those carbs. Yeah, I agree. And, and we have a lot of coaches and trainers that listen to the show. So guys, if you're listening, we're not saying go put, like Jason said, Karen down the road on 20 or 30 carbs in your workout. Mm-hmm. I, for my Gen Pop clients, right between their work and their shakes pre and post, I have drink a bottle of water during your workout. Yeah. That's exactly their intra workout because yeah. most of them just aren't ready for something no, like that. No. Um, man, I kind of lost where I was going to go on that. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into what you like to do intra workout all the way down to the, the nitty gritty details. Okay. Um, so I'll just recap, like John said, you know, I'll, I'll have a client eat anywhere from two hours to one hour, depending on what the meal is kind of already established what foods I like to see and why. So my intro workout, I offer two things and here's why. I don't personally like syrupy shit and I've found carbolin to be like a dryer. If you just look at it, it's very dry, like powder. And when it mixes up, it's a very dry drink. It doesn't make it syrupy. I hate syrupy shit. So I tend to go more towards like Gatorade's pretty watered down to me too. Like I don't think it's overly sweet. So I like either a Gatorade for just that those sugars or I use carbolin. But so here's, here's what I generally do with people. Let's say I just go with the Gatorade. If it's a woman, we'll go with the smaller one. Um, or I'll have her even get cart like car, uh, Gatorade powder at the store. So we can just, if we're just doing 20 instead of 25 or whatever, um, I will have them also mix in. Um, if we're on, if we're doing women, I'll do four grams of beta alanine, four grams of citrulline, uh, one to two scoops of essential energy, which gives them um, essential amino acids, a little more citrulline, um, and the keto salts. The keto salts are a way to focus better, train harder, train longer, get more reps, and really just zero in on your workout. And no way am I ever going to say that it helps you burn more fat. It is simply there as a way to focus and get more energy without having to stem the body. Um, so I'll have them mix all that together. And what I like to do is, because they have on, they ate like two hours ago, I'll have them sip half of that on the way to the gym. Get there, throw a little more water back in it, and then I tell them to have the rest of it finished 20 to 30 minutes before the workout is over. And there's a reason for that. And the reason is I got to get you ready to eat post-workout. And if you're still sipping on you know, sugary, high sugary shit all the way up to the end of your workout where your body really doesn't need that food after per se. So I like it to be done midway through. Um, I get them starting it before so that the body starts, you know, having, and I I forgot, I put five grams of creatine in with the women's as well. Okay. For the listeners who don't know, citrulline helps with pump, increases NO2, gets a nice pump. Everything I do is designed to help pump and focus and energy. Um, Beta alanine will help you get uh, more reps. It keeps the lactic acid buildup down. Uh, and creatine is going to sell the sw- swell the cell, as John was mentioning. You could also add glutamine for that as well. Um, and there's other things you can add, but I, I generally stop with that there. Um, and then if it's men, I will do 10 grams of creatine. And I've got men going all the way up to 60, 70 grams of carbs, actually. Um, and sometimes I'll even half it, like half Gatorade, half um, – carbolin or half highly branched cyclic dextrins if that's what they prefer um just to get like the the sugar and then a different type carb um but there's really no it's not like you're getting really probably more muscle from it per se um but men i've like i said i started around 40 and i've got it all the way up to around 70 carbs depending of my really big guys um they'll get 10 grams of creatine they will get six grams of citrulline six grams of beta alanine two scoops of essential energy 
for uh, about 15 to 20 EAAs and then uh, nine grams of keto salts. That'll yield. And so I'll have them do the same. Start sipping it on the way. Try to get about half of it in. Fill it back up. Have it done 30 minutes before you're done so that by the time you drive home, and we're starting to crank up and, uh, you know, rock, rock through everything out of the digestion. You're starting to be hungry for the next meal. Right. So I'm actually moving some stuff around here on our notes because, um, I, I do want to talk about what we've seen from using these, these protocols, the pre-workout meals and the intra-workout specifically. And then we're going to talk about why it matters. We're going to talk about insulin sensitivity and stuff like that. But here's, here's what I've seen. And this is, Guys, remember, whenever we talk about this, this is coming from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients that have done this, um, not just ourselves. This isn't just on us. This is what we've kind of fine-tuned with our clients, and, and I want to make sure people understand this. We're not just throwing some shit out there. Like, this is a lot of feedback we get from our clients. So this, this is specifically what I've seen. Um, way, way better. So I just had a female start with me, and she hadn't been doing anything. She's just been doing way pre and post first thing in the morning when she trains and then having her carbs later on in the day. And she just didn't know, right? She was with another yep. coach. He's just like, here's your macros, hit them. And she wanted to have dinner with her family. You know what I mean? She thought she's doing the right thing. So when she started with me, I'm like, here's your pre intro workout post, uh, you know, post-workout protocol. And the first thing that she told me after a few days was she's like, holy shit. I have so much more strength. It is flying up through the yep. roof. She's using somebody else to write her programming. Um, who's a really good guy. We both know him. I'm just going to keep names to a minimum. And it, she was telling him about it. Like my strength is up, like everything's going up. And that's the thing that I think people don't realize is whenever you have a really good pre-workout meal, that's good. That's going to help with your training. When you add intra-workout carbs and especially things like salt and creatine and all these little things start to, the one to 2% changes start to add up in a big, big way. That's what, that's the number one thing I've seen is people's strength goes up. So what happens when your strength goes up? Well, as long as you're training the right way, that should translate to more muscle gain over yeah. time. Like anytime you can train harder, you can use more weight. It puts more stress on the muscle. You're going to eke out some more, some more muscle gain. And then the other thing is people say, Hey, my pumps are better. My recovery is better. Like I'm hardly ever sore. I remember right. John Meadows talking about that way back in the day. I'm like, man, how's he seeing people not get sore? All they're doing is drinking intra-workout carbs. Well, I'll be damned. Like it was spot on. They're just not as sore. They feel recovered and they're ready to go again. So for a lot of my athletes that are training, you know, push pull legs twice a week and they're training six days a week, you know, during prep at the end, that can become a very, very important thing when your body, when recovery and calories are low, when your body can recover because you're feeding it exactly what it needs. Like that's the point I want people to understand you're basically giving a race car race fuel when you're giving intra-workout carbs. So to me, there's not been one negative. I guess the only negative would be if someone's a foodie and they just want to chew their food. But listen, if you're getting on stage, if you're, if you're serious about getting stronger and performance and you're an athlete, athletes don't put stuff like that before performance. So that's one of those things that's, it's been, it's been a huge game changer. All my clients still do it. It's 2020. Now that's been nine years. They all do it. Well, at least I tell them all to do it. I know there are going to be people that don't always do it, but I've never had anyone really bitch about it unless they wanted to have their, their food. What, what have you seen personally? And what have you seen from your clients? I, I mean, I would echo all that. I mean, uh, again, <clears throat> recovery one is the huge one. Um, you know, I haven't sat and done all the science on it, but I got to assume it has to do with you're stopping the the breakdown um, as much in the muscle, and there's probably some cortisol blunting going on. Um, so you're not letting the 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 body get as torn down. Um, so the repair is starting faster, and I bet there's some cortisol blunting going on. I don't know. We'd have to look on Google Scholar. Um, but recovery is the huge one, in my opinion. And then, of course, you know, every everything I do around training is designed to make sure that that muscle is responding and getting that pump. And that becomes even more important while you're in prep, even if it's a false pump, meaning it's from sodium, it's from the little bit of quick carbs that might come in where you're only full for 30 minutes of your training. But during that 30 minutes, you're at least getting a great muscle response where the muscle can contract through the full range of motion and you feel it working. Nothing is worse than in prep when you go in and your body feels like just a noodle and there's just nothing there and you can't contract. It's awful. 
Um, so I've found that intra-workout allows, even if it's a false pump, um, that you're still getting that response you need to hold muscle, but also just to feel the muscle work. Um, I will tell you though, if someone's behind, this is one of the first things I pull and that's your fault for starting prep behind. Um, and my thought process is, look, we still are burning those carbs while we're training and I got to get into fat burning faster. Um, so, you know, whether people agree with me on that, fine. Um, but in my opinion, if you're behind, I do pull it. Um, and I'm sure we could debate that for two hours. Um, but yeah, recovery, uh, is huge pump is huge. Um, trying to see if there's been any other, you know, things where people are like, Oh gosh. And, and you're right. Energy and strength. I mean, I think all those, um, are on that checklist of, yeah, this is a, this is a pretty damn good strategy. So I, I have a theory on why I think it's super, super important. And, you know, Jason, there are gonna be times you and I don't agree with stuff on the show. I, I don't think either one of us really care. We both respect each other enough. We know it's just point of view and we put this stuff out for the listeners. So, I mean, guys, all this stuff we put out, you guys take it and apply it and use it the way you want. We're not trying to say it's the Bible. Um, one, one thing I won't pull is, is the intra workout carbs. And it's because I have this theory and I'll explain why. And this is just for people to take and do with it what you want. But, you know, a full, a full cell, a, a wet cell, a muscle cell is an anabolic cell. So the Correct. flatter, the flatter someone is, um, you know, protein synthesis is, stays elevated better. It's just much muscle growth is much better when you have a little bit of cell swelling going on. Yep. So it's, to me, there's two reasons why I don't pull it. One is because if you can get that pump, like that feeling of being flat as fuck sucks, especially yep. when you're training. So if that is helping someone that report to me that they're still getting pumps, I'm going to leave it. Um, that's one thing. The other thing is, is if, if they can keep protein synthesis elevated at a time when their body's in a state of, of trying to fight to hold on to muscle, I think it's one of those important things. And then finally, I know if someone's on lower carbs, they're going to use those carbs for fuel. They're not going to like, they're going to use them. Their insulin sensitivity is better is what I'm trying to get at during their workout. I think during training is the time when insulin sensitivity is the absolute best. And if someone's going to have 30 carbs intra, I'd rather them have it there than post-workout or pre-workout if they just had to pick one usually by that time i'm taking somebody keto like if, if they're at yeah. that point i'm fucking taking them keto anyway but i just never specifically pull it but i'm completely open-minded to that being wrong with that being said um that's my theory i haven't had any issues with it but when someone does get that load where i start have to worry about that I'm fucking taking them. There's just some women that I either don't think they're training hard enough, or I feel like we've got to just get right into fat burning. I can't have you spend in the first 25 minutes of your workout burning off 25 carbs. Like I just want you to tap in. You know what I mean? I want them to go in there. Pre-workout was done two hours ago. I want them to go in and be in a good fat burning state because I just don't think they generate the effort that needs to be there. Um, and it's no knock on anyone, like learning to train with true intensity to really build a champion physique. It takes time. Like it took me a long time to be able to get in there and from rep one, feel that muscle just, you know, through the whole range of motion, just fighting for every bit. You know what I mean? It took, it took years to, to find that. And I don't think everyone has that right away. So if someone's struggling to lose fat and they're behind, I am going to pull it. And it's just a difference in opinion. Um, sure. You know, we, like I said, it could be debated for an hour and you might almost sway me. But at the end of the day, when I have someone who's behind, one of the things I start thinking about is I'm just going to get you in a fat burning zone right away on workouts, you know? Um, and I do leave in all the other products. I just pull the carbs. So. Sure. And, and I get it. And you know, one of the things I think we should talk about is, you know, what dictates how many carbs to have intra. And that is one of the questions we're going to have on the follow-up episode. But guys, I, I know for me specifically, I have some clients, they just have to train with a lot of volume. They have to, to get to grow. They're stubborn. I've tried, you know, cutting their volume back. I've tried, you know, cutting back to once a week on body parts. Sometimes it has to go to twice a week. It depends on their rep ranges. So like the more someone's training, the higher volume that they're doing during that workout means the more carbs they can have during the workout. If yeah. someone's only going in doing a quick 30 minute um, circuit, like if I have a bikini competitor, where she looks pretty good. We're not trying to get her to grow. You know, we're just, we're trying to minimize all that stuff. I'm not going to have her drinking 30 carbs at your workout. You know, yeah. I might, I might have her drink 10 to try and hold on to some muscle because I think it's important to holding on to muscle as they get leaner. 100%. But 
if they're not training, if they're just doing a circuit and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, not everybody has to train like a fucking Mr. Olympia. No, like every, everybody's different. So think about the total amount of volume and especially the higher rep ranges, the higher rep ranges you're training that day, the more carbs you can get by. If you're having a super heavy day, like for someone that's trying to mix powerlifting and bodybuilding training, and you do have those days where you have to squat in the three to five rep range, well, fuck, you don't need to drink 70 carbs intro. Right, because right. You're resting five minutes in between, you know, sets. 100%. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, 100%. Sure, sure. Um, and, and that's, honestly, dude, that's a whole episode that we could go into when it comes to referencing <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, I'm not even right. going to go down that uh, rabbit hole. Um, you, you did mention uh, elevated insulin and blood sugar during training. Like, all these things happen. These are all important things to me when it comes to performance. Let's... If you're good, let's go ahead and move on to post-workout. Did you have anything? Yeah, no, I, I think I think I shared my protocol, um, and I think we're ready to move on, man. All right, so I, I'm going to be careful here because, you know, a prior supplement company that I was with, First Form, they have a very, very detailed post-workout protocol that they want um, their legionnaires and their athletes and their coaches to kind of try and quote unquote sell. And, and guys, I have no issues with the guys at first form, but this is, this is something that I've been against the whole time. And, and, and here's why. So I'm going to talk about this kind of the myth and I'm going to talk about what I do. And then Jason, we go into what you do. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I want to go ahead and just get this one done. I kind of made a post alluding to it the other day over there. They really want us to push that you should have a fast acting way post-workout, which I agree with a hundred percent. I think you should turn all the machinery on yep. for muscle growth as soon as you're done. Um, especially when you train really, really hard. I don't think it's important to wait. A lot of people say, Oh, you should wait. The only time I think someone should wait is kind of like what you said, Jason, if they've drank quite a few carbs into workout and they just finished them up as they got done training, we'll let your blood sugar go ahead and kind of yeah, clear. You- you need to let that come down. And, and I feel like you, if you want to stay lean and grow, I feel like you need to let that come down and give the body the food when it needs it. Not when your blood sugars are still 130, 140, 150. So. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. So uh, most of the time I'll recommend, and I put somewhere, I put there on my sheet, go ahead and 30 to 60 minutes after you work out, go yeah. ahead and have a whey shake. Usually most people are doing it within 30 minutes because they're hungry yeah. and that's completely fine. Um, so, I, I think we all agree that whey protein is the way to go here. Mm-hmm. Their whole stance with their product ignition, which it's glucose, it's dextrose, it's the same thing, um, is is they said that you need to get everything just kind of slammed into the cell. You need to get um, glycogen replenished as fast as possible so you can start the repair process faster. And there, there's a whole thing. And, you know, back in the day, that's what we always thought. Here's my issue with this, and here's why I'm addressing it now. It's not a shot at first form or anybody else. Um, I have a lot of their legionnaires that are clients of mine. I've never recommended that. And here's here's the reason. It's been studied. Insulin does not do anything to protein synthesis. It's It's been proven. Insulin is a storage hormone. It doesn't cause protein synthesis to elevate. It doesn't cause it to extend out. Fuel sources cause that. Things like carbs and fats, like they cause the process to be fueled. Mm-hmm. So insulin causes glycogen to get stored faster. Well, that's great. But the only time that that really makes a big difference is if someone has to go train again that day. So think of like Leslie is a CrossFit athlete and she's doing a, a workout and then an hour later, she's got another one to do. And then two hours later, she's got another one and she's at a big event. Of course you want to have dextrose post-workout, mm-hmm. get all that replenished as fast as you can along with electrolytes, electrolytes. And that's great. But for the normal human being out there, the person that's done training, there's, there's no science to that whatsoever. And most people don't want to have a shake and drink dextrose, 50 carbs post-workout. They want to be able to eat their food. They want to be able to sit down, chill out. And I also have another theory, and this, is, this has been proven with protein, but I, on a prior episode, I talked about this. Dr. Gay Wilson tested protein out by itself and protein and carbs post-workout. And protein by itself elevated protein synthesis and growth for 90 minutes and then it started to tail off. Well, protein and some carbs, and I believe they were medium glycemic index carbs. I'll have to go back and look. They, they, those carbs fueled growth for out yeah. to three to four hours. So if you have something like whey and dextrose, it's just going to spike everything really fast and then come back down. If you have any other carb source like cream or rice, I'm really big on post-workout, or, yeah. ri- or potatoes again, it's going to actually extend out growth, in my opinion, 
better than dextrose. Now, no one has studied that. But it makes sense because dextrose is immediately stored. It's not going to fuel anything. It's going to be turned into glycogen faster. So um, those are the number one reasons why I just don't agree with that protocol. And that's why I just tell my clients, have whey and have any low-fat carbs that you want that sit good on your stomach. And really, you could switch your pre and, your pre and post-workout meals with my clients. And a lot of the times, they might even be the same thing. Cream yeah, of rice, yeah, potatoes, yeah. and whey. Like yeah. Those, to me, are the staples. And I, I have to put that out now that we're on a little bit larger platform because I've been against that ever since I was there. And it was kind of a sore spot. Yeah. And I just won't promote something when my clients don't want to fucking do it. And here's right. another reason. They don't need to have dextrose post-workout because they're having it intra. So that's the, that's the other thing. Guys, there's no magic. People are trying to sell stuff, and they also believe it's real. But I can tell you right now, there's no proof behind that. You don't have to drink dextrose post-workout. Jason, what do you recommend? So, um, I recommend people drive home. Um, there's no need to slam anything right at the gym. Like let your stomach just take a little break because you've hit a nice protein before. Now you've hit an intracarbohydrates with essential amino acids. So more amino acids. Um, I let people drive home and then here's where I kind of say, listen, if you're still not hungry, get a shower. If you're hungry, then go ahead and eat. And I'm a big fan, again, of low fiber, things that can pass through easier. I like uh, cream of rice. I like rice cakes. I will allow the flavored ones, you know, post-workout. Um, have had many of bodybuilders get shredded using those then. Um, and I generally won't pair much fat with it, but it'll be just like you were explaining. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with powdered carbs. Like, go ahead and sit down, have a meal. Um, I would even be fine if someone really wanted to eat their protein and do egg whites. Um, those will digest pretty fast. But generally speaking, I'm like you. I want a clean whey isolate. Uh, you know, I always program my ISO perfect. And then, you know, if I'm program, programming someone's uh, diet um, and they're not picking their foods, I'll probably pick cream of rice or some instant uh, mashed potatoes. I like the uh, Hungry Jack. And I have about three boxes upstairs in my, in my cupboard. They're quick, they're easy, and they, they don't taste bad to me. Uh, get a little salt on those bad boys. They're good. So that's generally where I'm at as well. So very similar to you post-workout, but I, you know, sweet potatoes would work too. Oatmeal would work too. Like, you know, it has a little more fiber. It's going to be a little slower digestion, but it's all going to work to like John said, extend protein synthesis. I think post-workout you've already hit, you, you know, what you need at that point um, for your int for your pre and your intra. I think sit down, like you said, relax, have a meal that you actually enjoy, um, and you'll be doing just fine. I don't think there's like some ultimate post-workout carb. I, I don't either, or protocol. And, and I think when people start to look at all this, like, so like if you wrote all this down on paper and you're looking at your pre-intra post-workout protocol, you know, back in the day, we used to think post-workout was the most important meal of the day. And I think it was back then because you weren't doing all these things to maximize pre-workout and intra-workout. So when you maximize those two things, I don't think post-workout becomes this huge, um, this big deal like it used right. to be back in the day to where you just kind of showed up. You might have some aminos during your workout and then you right. destroy your body during a workout and you do all these things to get it to to get broken down so it'll grow well then yeah post-workout you are trying to replenish all this stuff um so it, it was one of those things now where you, you you start to maximize everything you don't have to really worry about it you, your body is kind of in a chill mode after that and you're just giving it a little bit more of the things that it needs yeah i mean think about it from another way like for our listeners you know i think a lot of them are pretty um you know savvy and they probably know that you have to be parasympathetic to truly digest so you know post-workout, you're still not completely, you know, calmed down. So the, the, the more you get, you know, parasympathetic, the easier that food's going to digest too. So that's why I like kind of a warm shower. If I'm not hungry when I get in, I'll hit a warm shower, calm down more, and then I eat my food. And everything seems to digest better and just sit better for me. But again, if I get in the door and I'm ravenous, I listen to my body. I, I get my shake together and my cream of rice and I sit down and eat or my rice cakes, you know. So I think post-workout, listen to your body. Like if you're not, if you don't have that hunger response yet, give it a little time, you know, um, and then have it. So Jason, real quick, finally, we're going to, we're going to talk about one more thing and then we're going to give away. We've got our final winner that we're going to announce for the review contest. And then I'm going to go over a little bit about some of the questions that we're going to have on the next episode. But one more final thing I want to talk about when someone's dieting, 
and, and, or you're dieting them down as their coach. And I'll talk mm-hmm. about it. And I think we're going to be on the same, the same um, playing field here. If someone's dieting down, they're having carbs at, you know, five, six meals a day, four, five, yep. six meals, and you start to take away their carbs. Are you taking them away, the carbs away at the meals away from the workout? And then oh God, no. whittle them down, um, whittle them down to only their carbs around the workout. Like that's what I'm trying to say is, yeah, that's how I do it. I, uh, I will pull from other meals and, uh, I make sure that the, uh, pre intra post stay strong. And a lot of times by the time I'm in a diet mode, I would say about 70% of the carb intake for me, excuse me, is going to be around the workout. And then they'll get a little bit at meal one or maybe meal two if I want them to have like, you know, kind of a carb fast up till maybe say 10 o'clock or something. And I do that with some people. Um, So about 70% of the carbs by the time I'm dieting someone down will probably consist of the pre, intra, and post. Does that answer your question? Yeah. So I I, I do the exact same thing. I, I, I think people should realize your body utilizes carbs the best. You have the best insulin sensitivity, but you also have the best workouts when you have your carbs around the workout. So if I've got somebody and I'm, I'm making carb cuts on them as I'm dieting for stage, I start pulling away from all their meals and their pre intra and post workout protocol is usually the last one to get the last thing to get hit. Like a lot of the times that will stay the exact same all the way towards the point where we, if, you know, if we do get to low enough carbs and I do have to start pulling some off there, I will but it's usually, it's usually towards the end when I don't have any other carb meals to pull from. And man, that has, that has not failed me for fucking right. well, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years now. Yeah, me, me neither. Me neither. Yeah. I think it just makes sense. So that's something else that I want to point out. I, we, we do have a lot of people on here that are like us, like they've been around for a while, but I've, I've also got to remember as much as we talk about this stuff and, and we've been there and we know it, we do have a lot of people listening that this is new stuff for them. Like this is yeah. a completely new concept. Um, so we are going to talk about a lot of stuff on the show to where, you know, I feel like we've talked about it forever, but we do have those people or new coaches that have never done this with yeah. their, with their clients. You were going to say something. Go ahead, man. Well, what I was going to say, and I don't know if it's the right time to show, but there is a caveat that I would offer here. I do have sometimes some, you know, some of my bodybuilders who are, we're trying to grow. And so we're pushing five, 600, 700 carbs, depending on the size of the person. And, you know, I might start out with, you know, the carbs higher pre intra post. Um, but it gets to a point where if someone's staying, um, pretty much cell saturated with carbohydrates, I do have some guys who can't and gals who are pushing food who actually have to have a smaller pre-workout or else they bloat or their digestion just isn't good. And, you know, I've come to really just kind of realize that they're getting carbs every two to three hours. They're just not, they're pushing so much food, their body's already cell saturated. So they just don't need that amount of food or else it ends up to them kind of sluggish and feeling kind of bloated in their workout. And I kind of get this way too. Towards the end, before I switched over to dieting, I think I had my cream of rice up to 120 grams pre-workout. And I started to notice because all my other meals had carbs too, even my meal six, that that wasn't working for me anymore. Um, it was just too many carbs pre-workout. I was getting into the workout bloated and sluggish. And when I pulled that back to about 65 to 70 grams, everything worked a lot better for me. So actually at that point, my intra was my most amount of carbs. My post was my second most amount. And then my pre was actually one of the lower amounts just because of how I felt going into the meal and what it was doing to my performance in the gym. So always watch your performance. It took me a week to kind of like really sit down and think about it. Like, man, I'm getting there. I'm kind of sluggish. I'm bloated. And as soon as I pulled those back, it was like night and day for my training. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because let's go ahead and talk about, I'm just going to run down some of these topics and the questions that we're going to talk about because there are going to be those, those caveats there are going to be those outliers. There are going to be those situations to where we just told you guys kind of a template. You have to, that's why this is all an art form whether it's a bodybuilding right. for yourself or if you're a coach, like this is all an art form. You have to kind of tweak it a little bit. Yep. Um, so we've kind of given you the, the layout. Now we want you guys to take it. So some of the things we're going to talk about um, during the next show on the Q and a, we're going to talk about, is there a limit to carbs during the workout? We're going to talk about if you're watching your blood sugar and insulin sensitivity closely, should you use high GI or low GI carbs around the workout? We're going to talk about what if you train late before bed, should, should you still do a pre-intra work, uh, pre-intra and post-workout protocol right before bed. 
if you're doing cardio, should you do your cardio and stop and then have your shake and then go back? Like we're going to talk about all these different things. What if someone's keto? What's a good pre intra post-workout protocol for keto? And that's where essential energy will come in and all these cool things mm. we'll talk about with keto salts. Man, there's so much stuff that we can talk about. Should you use a GDA around the workout? Like all these things, this is really going to become a, a fun way to do these episodes where we have all these questions come in. Um, Jason, I, I, I can geek out on that shit for hours. So I'm yeah. really looking forward to the next episode. Uh, let's go ahead and give away our final, our final um, prize for the review contest. And guys, we're going to have some more cool stuff coming up. Jason and I are working on a date to have the very first Elite Physique University seminar we're looking like Springfield, Missouri, and we're trying to get, I'm trying to get all that lined up. You and I have a date. I'm just getting everything lined up on the, yep. uh, on my end. So we'll be able to announce that soon. Um, so we'll probably give away some tickets here on the show for people that leave reviews, but dude, we're six episodes in and we're sitting like right around 80 reviews. That is nice. freaking awesome, man. So yeah, thank you. Is. Thank you to all the listeners. Jason, and I really, really appreciate you guys. Um, we're just going to continue to keep dropping good content for you, try and yes. help you guys as much as we can. So the next winner, the final winner, and you'll be receiving one of my books. All you have to do is message me on Instagram at team underscore Gorman. Um, the next winner is from the reviews. It's road muscle. I, I, I guess you're someone that drives on the road and works yeah, yeah. out. That's awesome. So um, hit me up with a message. I will get you one of my books. That way, whenever you're taking a break, you can read at night. So we really, really appreciate that. Um, Jason, anything else that you want to say before we close down the show? You know what? I think we've covered enough for this one. Like, although it's like kind of a simple topic in my head, like if you've never dealt with this before, I think we threw a good amount of info. People are probably going to go back and get their pencil out as it is. So I'm good. Yeah, man. It's, it's one of those things like we're well up into the thousands and thousands on, on, uh, downloads by the way, we've just started. I mean, we're brand new six episodes in, and I noticed on the testosterone one that has like double the downloads. And I've had so many people say, Hey, I've listened to this like three, four times. Like I've taken notes to me. This is another one of those episodes. Um, so I'm really excited to get into the Q and a, we're going to go ahead and shut it down. It's a Sunday night here. We've, we've, we've had a ton of stuff going on. So this one's actually going to drop. I'm going to go edit it and record it uh, from recording and drop it right now, Jason. So oh, this, nice. one, okay. this one will be up soon and we'll be back here to record in four or five days and we'll go over this, man. So for myself and Jason, we're out of here. Thanks guys. See ya.